I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Kanka. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklercane.com. Download our episodes for free on iTunes and SoundCloud. To the bumper. Today on the Imperfect Podcast, we're chatting with actress, animal rights activist, world traveler, and weapons aficionado, Chanel Ryan. Chanel has been a model and actress for most of her career and worked with a number of talented people in the industry. She's worked with Bill Oberst Jr. in Circus of the Dead, Judd Nelson in Bad Kids Go to Hell, and also had the chance to share the screen with Every Lady's Dreamboat, John Stamos, in a hilarious James Corden bit on The Late Late Show. She was a really great guest and she has a phenomenal work ethic for anybody in the business. I think um, one of the things that was important is how she saw the way her career was going and the types of roles she was getting and the type of work she was doing on screen. And she decided to go back and take some acting classes of her own just to sharpen her craft. A lot of, a lot of lessons learned here with Chanel. We hope you enjoy and let's talk to Chanel. Chanel, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, where are you calling in from? I'm in Los Angeles right now. Ah, right next to uh, Hollywood. It's actually really funny that you said that. I've done, was thinking back, I've done an interview on a boat in the middle, out by the Dry Tortugas in the middle of the Caribbean. I've done <laughs> wow. an interview in a jacuzzi up, uh, like, on the cliff above the ocean in Spain. <laughs> That's um, cool. Just, oh, I man, just, we didn't get the jacuzzi interview? Oh. I'm bummed. <laughs> that was for, I think, FHM. Yeah, sorry. This I'm just here in L.A. Nothing exciting. So are you an L.A. native? No, I'm originally from the East Coast, um, Pennsylvania. Cool. And I kind of went back and forth. When we were in school, we moved from Pennsylvania to... We moved a lot, actually. We moved from Pennsylvania to Jersey to Northern California and then ended up in Southern California. And I, I, was, I feel really fortunate. I had the best of both worlds because... We had a pond, so in the summer you swim in the pond, in the winter you skate on the pond, and then when we moved to California, there was the beach and we had a pool, so I, I really feel fortunate that I got to experience the country as well as the beach. When did you catch the acting bug? When I was, I, when I was little, I wanted to do one of three things. I, I loved art. I was always drawing and painting, and I don't know if they have it where you guys live, but a lot of the grocery stores where I grew up would have these contests. So say it was Easter, whoever colors in the egg the best. And Christmas, it's like a Santa Claus or a tree. And Halloween, it's a witch or a cat. <laughs> so it's for the kids. So I would, we would always enter these, and I would win every holiday. So I would win, I'm a vegetarian, but I would win my family like a turkey or a ham, whatever. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a couple of times the store managers thought that we were cheating and an adult did it. So I'd have to go in there with my little art box and bust it out and color for them. <laughs> That's I was excellent. Into art. Like I had a, a children's book, an illustrated children's book published when I was little. And, um, my stuff appeared like at the festivals in Laguna beach. And that's really what I wanted to do. And I always liked the thought of acting, but it seemed so far away. I don't have any friends or family in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not from Los Angeles or New York, so I had no idea how to even get into it. And I laugh now because I thought it seemed really easy. Like it would be a really easy and glamorous job, which yeah. 
I mean, there are parts of it that are glamorous, but 90% of it or 95% of it is not glamorous. Well, coming from a, you know, a painting world and artist world and trying to now break into the acting world, what was your journey like? Um, well, I'll tell you, I was really fortunate. We, when we were in, uh, in junior high, we were living in Southern California and I was approached on the beach to model for a swimwear campaign. And I got that. And then from there, like a few other jobs came in. I, I'm bad with time, but right around the same time, I was at the park with a girlfriend and someone approached us to audition for, they were doing like commercials and advertisements for a new community. Mm-hmm. And I got that. And it was just a series of events like that. My, my friend, um, her older sister was doing wardrobe on a film. And like I said, we grew up on the beach. So what, we were always in swimsuits. And we came home, and at her house at dinner was the director of the film she was doing wardrobe on. And he said, oh, you know, you girls are so cute. Do you want to be in a movie? And we were like, yes! <laughs> and, uh, of course. That's how I got my first part. And so everything sort of happened, and I was planning to go to art school. I really wanted to be a fashion designer or an interior designer. And I just started working so much. All of a sudden, I started working a lot, modeling. I started working equal, equally modeling and acting at first, and then I was having so much success modeling in other countries, which it's really hard to turn down a paid job in an exotic location mm-hmm. and stay in town in hopes that you're going to get an audition, and then from that audition in hopes that you're going to get a callback, and from that callback in hopes that you're going to book something. Yeah. So um, did that answer your question, or did I just go off on a tangent? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean that I mean basically you know you you kind of um you you got introduced to modeling and through that you were able to get some acting acting work as well and you yeah. I guess you know straddled both of those for a period of time until I I assume now acting do, a, acting accounts for more of your career than modeling at this point is that Yeah, it does. I still model a little bit um but I mean they're both really full-time jobs and it's challenging it's just, you can only do so much, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a, a few years ago, I kind of decided if I didn't want to be one of those girls who used to have a career, I, I kept saying I wanted to be an actress. So I needed to switch my focus and stay in town and buckle down. And that's kind of what I started doing. Sure. Um, well, yeah, it, interesting, though. Like, the, the first however many acting jobs I did were huge, huge studio pictures. And I had no clue what a big deal that was. I remember I worked with, um, when I worked with John Frankenheimer, I went to the set and auditioned on the spot and he offered me a part. Um, and I worked on the film for like two weeks and I think you barely see me. And, um, but he had said to me, you know, I'm going to put you in all my movies. I'm going to make you a star. And he literally would be calling my home or having his, whatever his secretary call to try to book me for stuff and I would be, I'd come home and there'd be these messages on my answering machine and I would be off wherever modeling. Mm-hmm. So, and so yeah. was he the one that put you in your first movie? Was that the first? No, the first movie I did, regardless of what it says on IMDb, IMDb is not completely accurate. There's mm-hmm. some things on there that I'm not on and you try to get them taken off and they, it's crazy, they won't take them off. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not me. Um, no, the first movie I did was called Waiting for the Rocket. Why are you guys laughing? Um, it was called Waiting for the Rocket, and I was 
a teenager. I don't know. I want to say I was probably 16. And I used to have, I switched my ID so it said I was older so I could work. And then, <laughs> and, so we, we won't tell. Yeah. It's a little late now. <laughs> it's a little late now, yeah. And um, that that's like the first thing I booked. It was one of the lead roles. And it's interesting. Like it, It's a Disney-style family film, a comedy. And I had no idea what a big deal with that, that that was, to book the lead in any film. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's the first thing I did. And shortly after, I want to say I, I worked with Frankenheimer. Um, I worked on basketball. I, um, Andy Williams. Do you guys remember Andy Williams? Like our, our parents know who he is. Sure. Yeah. He, um, I did a, an Easter special for the BBC with him, co-hosted it. And we did all these, it was this crazy sixties theme. And we did all these like sixties themed skits and, um, yeah. And That's then I, cool. I did a pilot with Bill Murray called The Sweet Spot. Um, I did a lot of really, really big things when I was very young and unfocused and didn't realize how great they were. Yeah. And so at that time, you were kind of just being thrust into the industry and you didn't really have any formal acting training no. or anything like that. Um, when did you start to take it more seriously? At what point did you go get an agent and things like that? Well, I started working. I've done a lot of commercials as well. So um, I think a lot of agents were interested in me simply because I was going to make them money commercially. Um, I don't. I don't even know how I got my first agent. I don't. <laughs> I That's okay. Um, yeah, you know, as far as getting serious with the acting, um, I've studied with some of the biggest acting teachers in LA forever, and from each of them, I've definitely pulled something. I've been really looking for a solid foundation. So about, how long has it been now? A year ago, I started studying the Meisner technique with Alex Taylor. And he hmm. is, any actors that are listening to this, if you're in Los Angeles, you need to study with him. It's a very big time commitment, but it is so worth it. So I did, it's the intensive program. So for the first four months, I believe it is, you go four days a week. And then you practice with your partner like three hours in between every rehearsal. It's no joke. Wow. And then after the four months, then you go on to, so it's expediting year one in four months. And then you do year two. And I believe it starts off at, is it two or three days a week? And now I graduate coming up at the end of June, I believe it is. But it's, it's like a full so, on. So you're still working with him now presently. Uh, yeah, I am studying with them now, and it's challenging for me, but I've been turning down a lot of jobs um, so that I can really focus on class. I was, you know, in a lot of the films I've been in, I just felt like I wasn't, some of them I was good, and some of them I was terrible. And I, when I did something that was good, I never, didn't necessarily know how to do it again. So I, I was really searching for a solid foundation, and he's given me that. I feel like I can handle anything now. His classes are, there was a period of a couple months where every Monday we would do a different accent and every Thursday we would do a different impediment. I was, I was doing like possessed and all these crazy impediments. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's like a full on drama school. He teaches you from the ground up um, and it's been really amazing. So I, I've really sort of given myself a gift and taken time off to really focus and grow as an actress so that I, I can always go and do good work and feel confident about it. And that's and great. I, 
it's yeah. it's a great message. I mean, it, we've had some other guests on here. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about Jeffrey and Robert, and yeah. who've been classically trained actors, and they yeah. stress the point of how a good oh. foundation makes all the difference. So, especially, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. We well, like cutting I, him off, so I talk too much. So go ahead. <laughs> well, enough. Um, <laughs> I go back and forth between studio and indie. And comedy is my first love, actually, but comedy and drama. And I, I do well in the horror genre. And on the indie films, it's it's hard for me because I know what it's like to be on a studio set. I know how things are run. I know what the rehearsals are like. Everyone's trained. Everyone's fully memorized. It's no joke. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to do good work under those circumstances. The thing, and I, I love the indie world, so this is not a diss. I'm booked for these and four indie films coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the problems that I was having, and one of the reasons I really wanted to study and perfect my craft, you know, a lot of times you get one take. It's a rare thing in their rehearsals. Sometimes the people you're working with are trained. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Sometimes they have memorized their lines. Sometimes they haven't. Um, sometimes so, there isn't even a script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I've never had that, but so it's challenging to do good work, you know. Especially, I was on a film recently, and the other actor hadn't memorized his lines, and I was like, "He's like, well, I've got the gist of it," and I said, "You've got the gist of it." And I said, Let me explain this to you. We're, we're about to roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the film has an arc. Each of the characters have an arc, so there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we don't get to those if we don't go by the script. And there, I mean, there's obviously, depending on the director, room for improv, but if you don't have everything down, there's no room for improv. <laughs> so we literally started going over everything and like, I just started running lines with him. And finally he, he was like, at one point, we'd done it like three or four times. And he was like, is that good? I'm like, do you know it? <laughs> he was like, no. I'm like, well then it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good story. I like that one. Um, I, I have a lot of them and I'll, I won't bore you with them, but yeah, I'm sure I, as all actors in, uh, go through the process, auditioning is something that can be a painful experience to, in some regards. Uh, and generally speaking, a lot of them have, uh, some war stories from the audition sure. room. Do you have any, uh, interesting war stories from audition, the audition room that you'd like to share? You know, I'm sure that I do and traumatic stuff I tend to block out, um, <laughs> I can tell you this, any time that, you know, it's such a hard thing because we all are so busy and there's times when, you know, you run into an audition and you're not prepared and you're looking it over in the car and that can never be good. I mean, there's a few instances where you're just, you have the right look and you get the, you know I mean? You get the character and can kind of really speak from it. But for the most part, it's really just not good when you're not prepared. So yeah, anytime I'm not prepared, it's I've done some terrible auditions, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. She's um, she's blocking out those memories. Like it has to do with something with that agent that she can't remember in the beginning. Exactly. There. <laughs> right. right. I, I've had some crazy auditions. Yeah, I have. You've gotten a cool chance to work opposite a lot of big name actors, uh, Judd Nelson and um, John Stamos. John Stamos. Bill Oberst Jr. Yeah. Um, you know. What one of these actors that you've worked with have really inspired you and was an excitement to work with? Um, all of them. I, I feel so fortunate that I have been cast 
so often among people that are way more talented and more successful than myself. So it's, you're only as good as the person you're opposite, you know? Um, From each person I've worked with, I learned different things. So they've all been amazing experiences. Uh, Bill and I had a lot of fun shooting Circus of the Dead. Mm. Um, It's funny because we're we're laughing and joking in between takes. And then, you know, the camera rolls and I'm crying and running and screaming and he's killing me and, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, at one point when he licks my face, um, I'm a vegetarian. I have been since I was 13. And, you know, he, he didn't know. And not that it would have changed anything, but he just ate and eaten, 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 um, was it a chicken sandwich or some kind of meat for, for dinner? And then we did it after and I, it was even, it actually helped me because it was even grosser. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it smells like meat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he licked this out of my face. I'm like, no, my face smells like meat. That's like, that's like, uh, on 90210, they used to pass around Banaka. That was like the joke that like, cause everybody was kissing and, and, and yeah. being whatever. So they passed They should have done that on that set to, <laughs> to help you yeah, out. Some sets where they actually hand out Valtrex when people have to kiss before to make Whoa. sure that. Passes. Yeah. That's Whoa. kind of intense. Yeah. It sounds that's like new. Well, we know your cat needs some, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor King Leo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. Um, oh my. But Bill Oberst is so sweet and soft-spoken and gentle. He's the nicest, nicest man. And, you know, he, he would apologize. You know, Chanel, I'm really sorry about this. I just, I want to apologize in advance. I just feel really bad about this. I, I just hate this. And I'm like, Bill, just go for it. And um, so he was fun to work with. Um, Judd Nelson was uh, great to work with as well. And it's it's so interesting seeing these actors who have been doing it for years, and they're really seasoned veterans, and just seeing how they come into the set. I really like to watch people and learn, and how he, he was much more experienced than anyone else on the set, in front of or behind the camera. And he basically came in and said, you know, this is how I think it should go. And I think this would work much better. And he really stood up and fought for what he believed was right, which taught me a lot. Like when you really believe something, you should stand up for it and fight for it. Yeah. And what movie, what movie was that that you were in with Judd? I think that, Bad Kids Go to Hell with Judd Nelson. Bad Kids Go to Hell, yeah. We got to yeah. check that one out. We haven't yeah, seen it yet. We, knew, we need to watch it. Is that available on VOD and streaming right now? Yeah, or? it should be, yeah. VOD and DVD as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And so what was it like to work with John Stamos? He was in- incredibly, like, so nice, such a professional. And I actually have a, a funny story about that. Everyone's like, you worked with John Stamos because he's such a legend. I am a huge James Corden fan. I watch <laughs> James' show every single night. And so when I heard about the audition, I, I was working out of town somewhere and I had to put something on tape. And I was like the total geeky fangirl. I was just like, um, hi, you know, my name's Chanel. Um, James, I watch your show every night and I'm meant to be your wife. <laughs> just because I played his wife on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guy that was taping me was like, are you sure you want to send this in? I'm like, absolutely I do. And I got it, so I did something Yeah, right. you booked it. So you were more excited about him than John Stamos. <laughs> I was. Well, he's just amazing. They're both amazing. But um, I never watched Full House, if you can believe that. Oh. Am I the only person on the planet? 
I always saw, you know, he's incredibly good looking and he is, he's just so ridiculously good looking. I'm like the ugly one in the room when he came on set. He's also a quasi um, beach boy too. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like what the beach that? boy. He's, we, he's quasi beach boy. He's like one of the beach boys drummers or one of the drummers of the beach percussionist. Boys. He's just so talented. His comedic timing is amazing. He's another one that was just like, you know, if we do it this way, it'll be funnier. If you do this a beat earlier, he was just, just a consummate professional, you know, just yeah. came in there and didn't miss a beat. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, it's, it's great yeah, for us to hear these stories. Sweet. They were both just, it was really great to work with them. And, you know, when you go in and work with some of these people who, I don't know, you know, have that sort of status, it can sometimes be intimidating. And I've been fortunate and just about everyone I've worked with has been really nice. And I've heard some horror stories from other people. Um, so I consider myself very lucky. Sure. Now you've talked about being, uh, oh, you know who else I worked with who's amazing on small apartments, Matt Lucas. I don't know. Um, if I, do you know who Matt Lucas yeah, is? You know, you know who he is. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. He's on, he's a big, uh, he's on actor. Dr. Who, right? Yes, exactly. Ah, okay, yes. He was amazing, and I thought he, because he was doing an American accent, I, I didn't know anything about him before we went in there. <laughs> and um, then we were talking and everything, and he's, he's you know, you kept, keeps the American accent on the whole time because he doesn't want to go out of it, which was a great another great tip to learn. And um, and at the end when we wrapped, the, the Brit came out, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Is that a put-on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the British accent almost sounds like a put-on at that point because you're just used to hearing him yeah. speak. Exactly. Yeah. And he, his, his American was just flawless, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got to be a great experience to work with all those folks. Um, what pro I know you have a lot of projects, a ton of things coming up. You're in four upcoming films, um, and we're going to talk about those. Being in studio work and indie work, in these films that are coming out, are they people that you've worked with in the past? Have you built relationships like that or? Yes. Some of them, are, you know, another thing I, I consider myself so lucky. I have a lot of the same people that hire me over and over and over again since I was a teenager. Wow. Um, especially like commercially there's, I probably have, I don't know, eight to 10, whether it's directors, producers that just book me, if I did nothing else but work for them, I, everything's great. They just book me over and over again. And I'm having the same sort of thing with a lot of the theatrical directors now, which is really great. Um, Billy Pond, who I did Circus of the Dead with, we did um, The Stork. We did mm. that together, and we're actually trying to do something else now. Um, Don Richardson, I did uh, a really fun comedy called Attack of the Bimbos. Uh, sorry, it's called... Um, <laughs> But that's the one we're doing coming up. It's called Busted Reality. And that was about um, three girls whose goal goals were to become famous uh, by getting reality shows. Ah. Big goals to have, yeah. Exactly. And, um, but it was a comedy. And I remember when I, when I had first auditioned for him, he was interested in me for one of the roles. But I was going to be leaving town to work in Canada. And he really wanted to have rehearsals, which is amazing. And I wasn't going to be there for it, so he didn't feel comfortable working with me, which I, I get completely. So fast forward to I'm in Canada, and I was appearing at Wizard World. It's one of those um, autograph conventions. 
So I was appearing there during the day and then just hosting different events at night from like clubs and bowling nights and parties. I just really packed my schedule, figuring I could sleep when I got home. <laughs> Fast forward to, you know, three or four days into it, I get a call from Don and he's like, hey, you know, I'm having some issues and I would like to offer you the lead role. You know, can you we should start shooting whatever in three days. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I said, I'm, I'm exhausted. I've been going around the clock. And frankly, I was just, he caught me. Um, I got home from hosting a club and I was drunk and I was like, <laughs> and I said, you know, can I look this over in the morning and make sure that I can do this justice and I can handle this and get back to you. And he was like, okay. And so long story short, I ended up um, canceling out on a couple of the things I was supposed to do in Canada, uh, worked on the script on the way home and got off the plane and went to the set. Wow. That's that. So from that, um, he called me, I don't know when it was, last summer and said, hey, I'm working on another project. It's a comedy horror. It's called Attack of the Bimbos. <laughs> it's about an alien race who disguise themselves as bimbos. And um, they've come to take over Earth, and, you know, I'd like to offer you the role as the lead bimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, so I'm the... That's an interesting sell. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, so like, anyway, we like that horror comedy genre, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're, we're, we're big, fans. big fans of that. Well, then you'll probably like Bad Kids Go to Hell. And Hell's Kitty, that's another one that I'm in. That's a comedy horror. Um, I know I've done some others. I can't think of them off the top of my head. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that's my favorite because I, I love comedy. And at the same time, the, the circumstances oftentimes that you get put into in horror films are just so crazy and over the top that it's really fun as an actor. Yeah. Like a couple that I'm doing coming up are, it's just amazing all the things that I get to go through. So it's really fun. And you're also working on producing a few films of your own as well, right? Is that anything we can talk about on this or do we just need to keep our um, ears and eyes open? I can tell you that uh, myself and my producing partners have been, you know, we have a very specific idea of what we want to do for the first film. We're trying to do a slate. Um, we're committed to doing four films. Mm -hmm. And we, so we were originally going to shoot in Ireland and we had found a great script and we were moving forward. And then some things just happened that, um, just weren't making my investors feel good. So we pulled out of that project. And since then, we've been looking for scripts. And it's hard because that one was so perfect. So now mm. everything is being compared to it. Mm. But we're narrowing it down. Um, we're having something written. And um, I'm excited about the people that we're going to be partnering with. Um, I'm excited everything about it. And we're hoping to announce something about the first one by the end of May, I'm hoping. Cool. Okay. It's coming so, soon. Yeah. I've learned yeah. not to say too much just from things that have happened in the past. So Completely um, understand that. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be um, co-producing and starring in them, and um, it's going to be fun. Very Excellent. cool. We wish you so much luck with those. Um, we like to wrap things up with a little bit of advice for our listeners and things like that. So do you have any advice for young actors and actresses looking to – get started in the industry and, and break in to Hollywood? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and good night. <laughs> yeah, and good night. Now, um, it's, there's so many amazing things about it, but I, I think a lot of 
actors, especially a lot of, like I, I my niece is 15, 16 now, especially a lot of like the really young teens are so influenced by reality television and just think that you can become famous by doing something stupid. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? It, it's just, and that's, I, I think what a lot of people don't understand, they just see the glamorous side of it, and a lot of people are in it for the wrong reason, because they want to be famous. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, you're basically self-employed, so there are not enough hours in the day. Anyone who's self-employed knows that. Yep. And you have to view it as a business. Yeah, you guys are shaking your heads. You really have to view it as a business. And if you approach it that way, so for example, if you wanted to be an interior designer, you would go to school for that. You would study for that. You would probably get an intern job. Then you would probably start working at a company under someone until you built up your clientele and really, you know, learned the ropes and made all the connections. Then maybe you'd go off on your own. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is with acting. It is a job. So every day you should be, you should be taking some sort of a really serious class. Um, and then from that every day you should be working towards your goal, whether you're doing working on an accent or working on memorizing or researching casting directors or scripts so that when you get an audition for one of these casting directors that you hope to work for, you understand how they send out their information and it's that much easier for you. Um, you just need to view it as a business and work towards it every day. I think, I think a lot of people come and they're the the prettiest girl from their hometown and they just think they're going to work and people are going to start calling them. And that's just not <laughs> how it is. Yeah. I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying, and I, you're like, but well, hold on a minute. The first bunch of jobs you booked, <laughs> they were, but I also, and, and oper- any opportunity that was offered to me, I was really prepared for. Like I showed up, I did everything I could to be prepared. If I was asked to bring wardrobe, I really bought, brought the best wardrobe I could. Mm-hmm. Like I was really always, um, I really, I always like went 110. Yep. percent So I took advantage of every opportunity that I had. Well, we can tell you're a real hustler, yeah. and I mean that in the best sense of the word, right? I mean, you're, you know, there's a certain um, spirit and passion you need to have for this industry to make it and to be. Uh, in it every day and treat it like a business and all those sorts of things because the people that don't will, will never make it. They won't. I think you have to love what you do and I feel so fortunate. Like I have been all over the world. I I go to the UK coming up. I'm going to China. Uh, I think I'm going to Peru um, among other places. Like it's amazing the opportunities. I get to work with all sorts of creative, interesting people in ridiculously amazing locations from beautiful remote places that I might not ever see to, you know, all these crazy, ridiculous mansions. And I mean, it's, it's amazing Mm -hmm. the opportunities that have come because of it. Very Mm -hmm. cool. But yeah. Uh, And uh, can I say one more thing? I'm, I like to end all my interviews. I'm a huge animal activist, animal rescuer. Um, I always joke that I love animals more than people. (laughs) And I like to end all my interviews just with a plea to everyone please spay and neuter your pets. I think people don't understand how important it is, especially you men. A lot of them <laughs> feel like it's somehow a disservice to, to fix your dogs, especially your male dogs. And they not only do they live longer, healthier lives, they're going to be less aggressive, less likely to run away, less likely to damage your house. And 
it, it, like with cats, each female cat, it's some crazy number. If you don't fix the female, it's ridiculous how many babies she will have. I'm, I'm bad with numbers, but it's huge. <laughs> so um, there's that. And then also if you're looking for a pet, go to the shelter or your rescue and uh, adopt a, a, a one that needs it. There's so many wonderful animals out there. Of course. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, is there any place that uh, people can get in touch with you? And if you want to give uh, a website or something that people sure. can go to for, uh, about the animals also. Yeah. You know, actually, one-stop shopping is my website, ChanelRyan.com. If you, there's a page uh, specifically dedicated to my animal rescue on there. It lists some of my favorite shelters. Um, and then if you scroll down to the bottom of any of the pages, there's links to the rest of my social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and it's funny too, we were talking about my cat earlier. Um, <laughs> you guys miss this, but I have a cat who we, I do a ton of animal rescue who we rescued when he was about three and a half weeks old um, under the house. He was part of a feral colony. And he was so sick, we didn't know if he was going to live. He was literally just skin and bones. His eyes were swollen shut. We didn't know if they would ever open. So he's been on medication on and off his whole life because he's had a really bad upper respiratory infection. And he is about 90% better. He's almost completely cured because I've been doing this regimen with, with this amazing vet, Dr. Anderson, for the last couple months, we've been very aggressive with it. And so she's asked me to do some sort of a, a blog about it so others who have animals with similar conditions can benefit from it. Because until now, she hasn't known how to treat it either. Wow. So I'm probably going to create an Instagram page for my cat, King Leo. Cool. Cute. Get ready. Well, thanks so much, Chanel. We really appreciate you hopping on with us uh, tonight. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. That sounds good. Excellent. Right. Have, have a good night, night Chanel. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.